Welcome to another episode of Fight the Burnout, where we interview people from all walks of life and get their direct tools and strategies that they use to perform and develop and be the best version and be as successful as they possibly can. This is very key because in life, to move forward, we need to grow. In order to grow, we need to not be have destructive habits. These destructive habits are what cause us to constantly feel like we're in a state of burnout. Now you'll see in this episode, we talk and we ask the interviewee what it is that they describe burnout as, because this creates a, a, a starting point of what they think or they believe burnout is to them. So what is it to you? What is burnout to you specifically so that you can start there and then you can apply these tools that you're learning through these episodes, through these interviews to yourself? Now, not everybody's able to do this on their own. Not everybody can apply and learn these tools and know which ones to use on themselves. So this is why we've created the Fight the Burnout coaching program so that we can one-on-one coach you through and create success and performance in your life directly to your specific needs. If you're interested in this, send us an email at fighttheburnoutpodcast at gmail.com. That's fighttheburnoutpodcast at gmail.com. And we'll get back to you with uh, organizing to talk and have a specific session for you to really propel you forward. Now, take this time, get a notebook, get a piece of paper, or just listen and enjoy this interview because you're going to learn some tools and strategies that you may not have picked up in the past. So without further ado, let's get rolling because I know you've been waiting. Welcome to another episode of Fight the Burnout. Today we have Ben Passman on the show. He is a recruiter, been working in the recruiting kind of area, hiring stuff for over 15 years. He's coming in from the States. Uh, So yeah, that's a bit about what I know about him. Uh, But as usual, Ben, we let you describe who you are, uh, what you do, as well as a little bit of your backstory around burnout and that. Yeah, sure. I mean, uh, my story is a twisted path that, you know, wasn't a straight line. It's not like when I was a little kid and we were all running around playing cops and robbers. I was like, ooh, ooh, I'll be the recruiter. Like, I didn't know this was a job, you know, this is, it just kind of happened to me. And I think most people, I don't know, we all dream of some kind of life when we're kids and then real life hits us at some point, right? We make some decisions about we buy a house, we buy a car, we charge them on a credit card, we get married, we have kids, whatever. Like we make all these life decisions and you find that you have responsibilities and you end up in a career that you didn't really know that that was gonna be your career. Like it, yeah. I, I didn't, like I said, I didn't even know this was a job until I became one and it was way after college and everything, right? So yeah. for me, um, you know, my own, my own story, I mean, I'm a recruiter, I'm a headhunter, that's what I do, I help people Uh, define their core values so they can visualize their future and then once you once you understand what you're looking for what you want once that becomes clear then it's really easy for people like me to help you find it and um, you know right now the job market is crazy all over the world right and we're dealing with global pandemics and different countries are handling it different ways but the bottom line is that a lot of people are out of work and they're rethinking their futures, right? What am I going to do with the rest of my life? I can't be this anymore. I have to find a way to upskill or retool or what have you. And uh, like everybody, we've all had our own, our own personal pandemics to deal with. And I've certainly dealt with my own stress Uh, here in the United States a little over a year ago, some 35 million people were laid off all in one fell swoop. I was in that group and sitting on the back patio wondering what am I going to do and seriously thought about changing careers and I almost did I was I was probably 30 days away from deciding I'm just going to go be a truck driver because this is ridiculous I'm not doing this anymore you know and um, you got to do what you got to do to eat right that kind of thing Um, but I had to go back to the fundamentals and this is the same thing I teach people I teach candidates I, I coach people all the time and you have to get back to what are your goals? What are you trying to achieve? Get focused on that stuff and let all of that other noise kind of go away. And when you hit that burnout or when I do, when I hit that burnout, it's really easy for me to flip open my, my book of goals because I write them all down because I'm a little bit like that. Yeah. Um, but I can read through them very quickly and go, oh yeah, that's, 
that's what I'm trying to do, whether it's my personal life, my career, my family, my spiritual, financial, whatever, pick an area of your life. If you have clear goals and you know what you're trying to achieve, then it becomes easier to get over those hard days, those tough weeks, you know, the mental breakdowns, the pressures of life. Yeah, no, I, I can definitely relate to that. And yeah, it is writing down goals is one of the number one basic foundations you should be doing. Um, real quick, before we dive into much further, I like to get everybody to identify what they uh, define burnout as because everybody kind of have a, has a little different definition about it. Uh, so Ben, what would your definition be for burnout? Good question. I think burnout probably comes in multiple forms, right? Mm -hmm. There's probably low stage burnout, which is just, I really don't want to get up and do my job today. Yeah. But you probably don't hate your job. You probably just don't want to do it today, right? Yeah. And that yeah. can be a form of burnout. I think other forms might be a little bit more longer term where we've heard the, the, the term spring fever, right? When you're locked up all winter long and all of a sudden the sun's out and it's starting to be nice out and you can put your jacket back in the closet, go outside and, and you're stuck in your office or you can't go outside. And so people get that, that spring fever. You want to go outside, you want to get some fresh air. So you get a sense of burnout, right? Those are probably easy to overcome, right? You can, you can just kind of get back into your groove relatively quickly. It's like you hit a bad shot playing golf. The next shot is not necessarily going to be a bad shot, right? Yeah, and yeah. that kind of thing. I think the kind of burnout that you're probably getting at is when you get to that point in your life where you reflect back and you realize that you've been off track for a long time. Like this is not really what you thought you were going to be doing at whatever age or whatever stage of life you're at. And um, for me, it kind of hit me about 10 years ago when, again, in it, you know, 2011, my life was in a very different situation. I was darn near broke. I was living in a one bedroom apartment. I had just gone through a divorce. My son was going through his own personal challenges, which put additional stress. I had all kinds of crazy stuff going on and I had to make some very important choices. And I started listening to old people, like people who were like 90 years old and older. And I started to reflect on what, what were their regrets? Like when, when I started thinking about what do old people think about or talk about when they're in those final stages of life? Nobody ever says, oh man, if I had only put in some more Saturdays or put in a couple more <laughs> OT hours, man, I could have made some extra money. You know, retirement could have been so much easier if only I had worked until 75 instead of 62 or whatever. Nobody says that. Yeah, no. People always say they want more time with their family. They want more experiences. They wish they had traveled. They wish they had gone and done some extreme thing like parachute or bungee jump or something, right? But people talk about those kinds of things. So I started to realize that I can't change the decisions I made in the past, but I can start to craft a future for myself that makes sense for me today, right? And it's like you put a drop of water in a bucket every single day and eventually the bucket will overflow. But yeah. it takes a really long time before you start to feel like you've got any water in the bucket, right? And Especially so when that really, bucket's empty. <laughs> yeah, it's an empty bucket for like eight years. And then all of a sudden it's overflowing, right? And I feel like... Um, for me, that's what's happened, right? I'm at a point now where my career is going the way I expected it would. My family life is better. Financially, I'm stable. I understand who I am. I know what I want. I'm clear about my goals. And so it's easy for me to start making decisions. And that's, I think that's ultimately what you have to get to. So that kind of burnout, right? That that life-changing burnout. I think that's, that's when that happens when you come to the realization that you sincerely are unhappy. Yeah. Yeah. When that bucket's empty. The bucket's <laughs> empty. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, so Ben, what have you learned, uh, you know, and, and that you do now to overcome or even prevent yourself from getting back to that empty bucket? You know, what is it that you specifically have learned by, you know, being able to put those little drops into the bucket every day, and now obviously it's overflowing. What do you, what are the key things that you, that you, that you find that you, you do, that you started doing still do um, to, you know, to overcome that and prevent it? From I'll tell again? you uh, the, the two things are consistency and discipline. 
Yeah. Two things that I am not very good at. So, <laughs> like I, I growing up was a rebellious kid. I was not a great student. I had to break everything in my path in order to understand its value. Right. Yeah. I just was, I just am hard headed, stubborn. I just was not a, I was not the kind of kid that just was in lockstep with the universe when I was growing up. And consistency is just one of those things that some people are very good at naturally being able to do something repeatedly for a long period of time. I just was not that person. And again, I mean, I'm, I'm almost 50 years old. So it didn't really hit me until I was hit my 40th birthday. And I was like, the hell's the matter with me? Like I'm 40 years old and I'm living like, like I'm 25 again. And it just was, it, it just became really obvious that whatever it was that I was doing wasn't working. And so if there's, if there's anything at all, it's, it's recognizing that a little bit of investment today will turn into a large return later, but you have to make that investment and you have to do it every day and you have to be consistent and you have to be disciplined and you have to stand on your principles because there's going to be a lot of temptations in life, right? They're going to drag you in one direction or another. Like just go on the internet and Google something that you're interested in and find yourself 15 minutes later looking at videos of something else. Right. That's what happens. Right. We get distracted in our lives. And um, think about this. When I was growing up, the phone rang. My sister and I used to beat the hell out of each other, tackle each other, climb over the couch so we could get to the phone and answer it and then go, Mom, it's for you. Right? <laughs> and I remember when we got our first answering machine and it was so cool. We could come home and my parents were like, wow, somebody called us and they'd listen to the message. And it was so cool. And then it kind of became like, well, we're going to screen calls. Right mm -hmm. now, the answering machine became a thing like, oh, who's calling? Oh, I'll call them later. Now we don't even use like I don't even have voicemail on my cell phone because I get so many robo calls that yeah. I just don't use voicemail at all. Caller ID with voicemail, everything. It's just all gone away. Yeah. So all of these stages in technology have advanced and changed our lives and caused us to go through all of these disruptions. And it's very easy to get distracted. Right. And so you just have to go back to those fundamentals. Do whatever it is every day, right? Be consistent, be disciplined, be focused. And I, I'll repeat myself again, right? If you know what your goals are, if you're clear about where you're headed, then you can get off track a little bit. You can go smell some flowers over here and you can go pet the animals over there, but get back on track, right? Stay on track. So what do you do? What do you do to keep yourself on track? Well, I, I am a goal-oriented guy. I like to reward myself. I think um, one mistake that a lot of people make is they make lofty goals that are somewhat unachievable um, and or they don't give themselves the proper reward for reaching said goal, right? Yeah. A long time ago, um, I found myself overweight and decided I wasn't going to be overweight anymore and started. I changed my entire eating habits. So this is part of my own growth. I've now been, I'll call myself a flexitarian because I don't know, mostly vegetarian, but occasionally I'll have, you know, a meal, but yeah. uh, mostly vegetarian now for almost four or five years. And um, my reward, I, I gave myself a weight loss goal. I wanted to get back to a particular weight. And my goal was to, that I, my reward was that I was going to give myself an ice cream when I reached that weight. But the penalty was that I wasn't going to eat any more ice cream. I wasn't going to drink any more Cokes. I wasn't going to have any more crap food. I was no more garbage from McDonald's or whatever. I was going to try and eat like the way God intended us to eat, yep. you know, like actual food. <laughs> and, yeah. and then I got to eat ice cream. And you know what? I eat ice cream all the time now because, I, you know, it's it's the reward was was measured against something that was relevant. Right. I didn't give myself a Rolex watch because I lost 30 pounds. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's got to be, the reward's got to be relative to the goal. The goal has to be achievable. It has to be something that you're passionate about. And again, if it's a career goal, I can help you with your resume. If it's a personal goal, I can help you craft a way for you to define what that personal goal is. The process is the same. If, you, if you're struggling yeah. spiritually, I can give you the tools necessary to go talk to the right people. I can't guide you spiritually, but I can help you get to that to that place. And so for me to get over burnout, a lot of it is just exercising these same exercises that I'm sharing. And then sometimes it's calling and talking to somebody else about their situation just inspires me. Yeah. Yeah, that's so true. Teaching somebody else actually ends up teaching yourself internally, doesn't it? For sure. For sure. They say the best way to learn something is to teach it.
Yeah, exactly. And I totally 100% agree with that one. Um, this is why I started doing what I'm doing, because I was like, hey, I need, I'm wanting to learn all this stuff. So why not just teach it so I can learn more of it? Exactly. <laughs> why the podcast got started. I wanted to learn more about from more from other people. And so that's why that's where it started. Um, so, okay, cool. So you teach people, obviously you help people do those goals, help people find their, you know, their dream careers and that maybe if they're shifting or maybe they're just starting. What's some of the things that you do? Because obviously you believe that it helps prevent them from burning out in said career, uh, which then in turn, they stay in it longer And that. How do you, what are some of the key things that you do with them to be able to actually find said goals, said career? Um, sure, so great question. Sometimes people find themselves in careers that they didn't mean to be in that are hard to get out of, right? Mm -hmm. Maybe mom and dad said, you're going to be a lawyer. And so you went and became a lawyer. And now you've been a lawyer for 15 years and you hate it. And you hate yourself and you hate your family and you hate your life and you hate everything. You're rich, you make a lot of money, but you're like on the brink of suicide all the time, right? That's harder to get out of than you finished high school, became an auto mechanic, and now you're an auto mechanic and you want to become something, something else, right? Easier to get out of that. So it depends on where you are on the spectrum. For people who are on that higher end spectrum, right, who are making good money and have a hard time figuring out how do they transition, sometimes it's not necessarily about changing your career. Sometimes it's about changing your lens, right, and recognizing that, yes, you made some decisions in your past. You're not going to unwind it, right? We can't, can't unwind what you did, but you can turn your job into a means to an end. So you can find a passion project and you can fund it with this job that you have. So if you're a lawyer and you want to be a home flipper, then use the money that you make as a lawyer to flip homes or whatever, right? If you would like to, if you're an auto mechanic and you would like to become a teacher, then go to school, yeah. right? It's kind of, it's it, it, right. It kind of depends on what, what direction you're going. So I think if you, if you can turn it from a, from a, dead end job to I hate my job, I hate my boss, I hate everything to, okay, this job funds my family, it funds my vacation, it funds my kids' education, it funds my entertainment, it gives me all of the access to the world that I want, I see opportunity for me to grow, and I can now reallocate my time, my personal time to something that I'm really interested in. I saw a meme just the other day, and I think it's relevant. Uh, Dwayne The Rock Johnson, I don't know. He's probably pretty famous in New Zealand, just the same as he is here. And I, I, I love him. I've got way too much yeah. of so he, he, I saw a meme on Facebook or something the other day that said, uh, don't come home from work after working for someone else all day and then sit on the couch and not work on your own goals. It's not because you're tired. It's because you're uninspired. And I thought, man, here's a guy who literally has pulled himself up out of the gutters, became a wrestler, <laughs> and is now like one of the most amazingly successful Hollywood actor, producer, TV, maybe running for president, kind of, who knows what he's yeah. capable of. Right? Uh, man, I mean, the man's capable of so much, but it is very true. If you're not inspired, you're not going to go anywhere. Right. Uh, so you don't have to love your job. You can hate your job, but love something and do that, Right. Yeah, uh, you know, I don't know if you're if you're if you're a fan of uh, Tony Robbins or not, but I've done a few of his sure. stuff and that. And his biggest thing is, you know, where you focus, energy flows. So if you're focused true, that, you're right. all the time instead of fuck, this job is funding me to be able to do all these cool things, and in turn, it's actually creating a bigger purpose for myself. Holy cow, it, it does change. All um, of a sudden, you get into legacy mode, right? You start thinking about what am I going to leave behind instead mm -hmm. of what am I going to get for myself. Right. Yeah. And so it's just, you just kind of, sometimes you just got to change the, change the focus or just get a new prescription, you know, just kind of yep. change your mindset. That say, you know, just on that same idea where you, where the energy goes, right. The, all that I, I've heard the similar phrase, the grass is greenest where you water it. This is very, very true. It's, it's, de it's dead, right. You know, where, where you water your grass, <laughs> it stays green, go out to your lawn and only water a quarter, a corner of the grass for a month and see what happens. <laughs> That's right. You're going to have a little patch of green grass. Yeah. And the rest is all going to be brown. So, yeah, know, this is the thing. Um, this kind of leads me into my next question, uh, which is, it's a huge passion of mine. And it, it, 
it's a lot of what you've already described around, you know, having, having a purpose, a legacy, actually knowing, you know, why you're doing what you're doing. And I call it your why. Um, I believe my, my personal belief is that everybody's got an underlying why that stems normally from their childhood around some things that have happened and has been concreted in over the years. Um, my why, as listeners will already know, my why is I want to create less pain in people's lives. So no matter what I've done through my entire life, if I actually look at it, I've actually created constantly looking to create less pain in people's lives. Uh, so what do you believe, Ben, your why is? Uh, that gets you through, obviously, the easy times, which is pretty easy, but more importantly, the hard times. Sure. So I've been thinking about this my whole life. And um, my grandfather was a physician. So I grew up, he was a pediatrician. So I grew up in and around the hospital a little bit, right? I mean, we, he lived in a different city than me. So I didn't see him all the time. But when we went to go visit, I always went to the hospital with grandpa because that was the thing to do, right? And I don't know why, but I've always kind of had it in my mind that I want to cure cancer. Don't know that I don't know that I have a personal experience or anything that I can point to that is like that's why I want to cure cancer. But I think just having been in hospitals and not being a scientist and having not gone to med school or any of those kinds of things, I just felt like I can cure cancer right? Why not? One way or another. That's my, that's what I would like to do in my life, right? As, yeah. as part of being a specimen of humanity or whatever. And um, I never really understood like how I could have that kind of impact, right? Like my grandfather was a brilliant guy and he invented some stuff and I don't know, I always look up to him. He's my hero when I think about heroes. And I mean, I have different kinds of heroes, but he is like truly like the guy that I, if, if I wanted to make anybody proud, it would be him, right? That kind of thing. And I find that the career path that I've chosen, um, being in the recruiting business, helping people find jobs, helping managers match the right job to the right candidate and bringing those things together, bringing value to my customers and helping people put food on their tables. I have come to realize that I've changed people's life trajectories. I know people, like I can tell you specifically, I don't know if they want me to share their names or not, but I can, I know for sure there are people that I'm in touch with regularly who were making $30,000, $40,000 a year who are now making six figures because I helped them land a job that they wouldn't otherwise have gotten, right? Mm -hmm. Those kinds of things. And I, I know that I've changed people's lives. And if you extrapolate that out, right? to, I don't know how many thousands of people I've helped in my career now. Um, if I help somebody put food on the table, pay for their kids to go to, to, uh, to college, good schools, and I can provide those kinds of resources. And one of those kids goes on and finds the cure to cancer, then I have indirectly cured cancer. And so that's really, that's what keeps me going. There's a lot of things I could do to make money right? I could go work on Wall Street. I'm not stupid. I, I know how to do math, but I don't want to do that. That sounds miserable, you know? And so I, I get pleasure out of knowing that when I put somebody to work, that their kids or their grandkids are going to get a better Christmas as a result, or they're going to get to eat a three squares a day instead of two. Or, I mean, and sometimes it feels so much better when you help somebody go from a $15 an hour job to a $20 an hour job and you see like their life really change. And it's unbelievable to see the impact that, you know, that $10,000 a year can have on a family. And sometimes, you know, I've seen other people go from like that 40,000 to 80,000 and that changes somebody's entire future, right? It's unbelievable. So those are the things when I when I have to think about like, man, today is just a down day and I'm not feeling it, I'm gonna call it in. I, I just go back to those thoughts and those people, those memories. And sometimes I'll even pick up the phone and call one of them just to make sure that I'm, you know, my head is clear, you know? No, I love, I love that. You know, it's, it's so funny when you started to say, and you're like, you know, my why is that I want to cure cancer. I was like, okay, recruitment, cure cancer. I was like, okay. And then I love how you've already gone down that pathway. If one of those kids possibly goes on and cures cancer, not the certainty, not the for sure, but possibly goes on and cures cancer. That's what you're focused on. Uh, and, I've done uh, my part. That's all done, I can you've done, do. You've done your part. That is, that is so awesome. And then what, what I was thinking about is like, 
because obviously being in the health industry for a little while now as well, and also being a health freak myself, it's like, well, by you getting somebody into a good job where they enjoy it and they love it and they're having fun and they, you know, they're, they're, they got goals and, you know, they're focused on the correct, correct things that are making them happy. You're dropping cortisol levels, i.e. stress levels in turn, in turn, reducing the chance of them getting cancer. So in turn, you're curing cancer. And I was like, that is just fabulous. It's it's such a cool thing. <laughs> it is. It's great. And I mean, what's wrong with wanting to be healthy and happy and enjoy our lives, right? Life is short, right? You only yeah. get you only get one shot at it and we're going to make mistakes. And so, I don't know. I feel like, you know, there's so many people. I know so many people that work, 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 work and then die. Yeah. You know, I don't want to do that. I don't want to yeah. die. I mean, I mean, I'm gonna, but I don't want to just keel over at my desk because I worked for 50 something years. And that sounds terrible, you know, and I, I see a lot of people with a lot of money are miserable. Like we see celebrities, fame, rich and famous people commit suicide. What's going on? So happiness has nothing to do with money. No. And wealth and rich and all of that stuff has nothing to do with money. It has to do with how you feel and how other people feel about you and how you treat others. And at the end of the day, it's, you know, how many people are hanging around when you need help? Right. Yeah, exactly. And no, I, I love that. And it's, it's, so, it's so cool that, you know, something that most people would think, how do they correlate together? You create it so that you do, and you stay focused on it. You stay, you, you, you keep your energy and you keep your, you know, your, your thought process towards it. And then you go, Hey, today's out. I'm having a shit day. So I'm just going to call one of those people and see how they're doing. Oh, you're doing really well. That's awesome. And it just it lights you it's up. Again. Amazing. <laughs> it, it really changes your day. It'll change your because Somebody else. They're very happy to hear from you, right? If you've changed somebody's life and you haven't talked to them in six months or whatever, and you call them, they're going to be like, yeah, you're the guy that changed my life. You know what I mean? And so they're, of course, they're going to be happy to hear from you and they're going to talk to you for 20 or 30 minutes and it's going to be a great conversation and you're going to feel like, wow, man, that was great. And it's hard to, it's like, I'm talking about, it, I'm smiling. I can't yeah. help it because I'm just thinking about these people right now. And yep. it just, it's exciting. So it's really easy to get past it. Like instead of yelling and screaming and take a walk, go outside, clear your head, come inside, pick up the phone and call somebody that inspires you and yeah. then you'll be fine. You know? No, I love that. I love that. It's, it's so, it's, it's so true. It's, there's nothing really else that you can say about it. So Ben, I know there's people out there and this is what you kind of help people do. Um, I yeah. know there's people out there that are unsure of their why. They just, they're not quite sure why they're doing what they're doing or, you know, how to even maybe make that connection. Like, you know, you want to cure cancer, but your connection with recruiting creates that connection. What would you, what advice would you give to them that are trying to figure out what their why is or trying to figure out, maybe they might have an idea of what their why is, but don't know how to connect it to what they currently do. But part of what they do, they still love, if that makes sense. Um, yeah. So it's that self-discovery process, right? You have to be willing to go look in the mirror and find the flaws. I, I know it sounds, seems hard. It seems like that's a, it's a difficult thing. Um, you have to be comfortable with who you are in your skin. And all of us have character flaws. We've all done things we wish we hadn't done in our lives and have regrets to some degree or another, whether you, you know, stole something when you were a kid or you mistreated somebody when you were in school or, whatever. I mean, we've all done things, right? And so you have to be willing to look in the mirror and find the things that you're really unhappy about. You don't have to tell anybody else what those things are, right? You don't have to divulge all your secrets to your family and your friends, but you do have to be honest with yourself. And um, I think that's the first step is that self-reflection. Um, the second thing that I think is really important that I, I talk to people about um, when they find themselves in this situation is to think about what you wanted to do when you were a kid. Like what, what was it when you were six, seven, eight years old, right? Did you want to be a fireman? Did you want to be a police officer? That's great. You're 50 now. You might not be able to become a fireman or a police officer anymore, but I guarantee you there are jobs associated with being in that field one way or another that you can meander to, right? It might not be a direct leap from here to there, but you can meander over there. Um, and so 
finding those things that inspired you when you were a little kid, right? If, if, if you were fascinated by architecture, maybe you should go take some classes on architecture. You might find yourself moving into a direction where maybe you're not gonna become an architect, but maybe you become somebody who works for an architecture firm using your accounting skills or your project management skills or whatever other, maybe your sales skills, whatever your, whatever your core skills are that you've acquired over the years, right? Um, one thing when I was a kid, I played sports growing up. I was a uh, hockey in the winter, baseball in the summer. I was always somewhere. My parents, I think spent their, my entire childhood driving me from one game to the next, right. Or practice or whatever. And I, I had huge dreams of one day playing in the NHL. That was it. I thought for sure I was going to be the guy I was good enough to be like I, I was one of the better kids on my team growing up all the way through high school and then college happened and I wasn't all that good. <laughs> and that's how that goes, right? And it was like, oh, well, I kind of, that's not happening. But nobody ever said, you know, you could go work for the team. You could go work for the league. You could be an agent. You could be a scout. You could be, I could have been a scout for crying out loud. I'm a recruiter. Yeah. I could have, but I didn't know. I know my parents didn't know. I don't blame them. Nobody knew. No, I didn't have a circle of people around me to guide me into the world of sports. There's yeah. a million jobs in sports, right? Everything from marketing to finance, to real estate, to vendor management, to IT, everything. Yeah, Anything the, that you the, can think of the, exists the ticket, in a stadium situation, yeah. right? So I think that if you can, if you can find those character flaws and really sharpen, sharpen the edges on that, right? Polish your flaws so that they're not, they don't manifest themselves as much as maybe they used to. And then find that thing that you were really, really passionate about. And then you have to, you have to visualize a path to get yourself there, but, and then recognize you're not going to go from whatever your job is today to being the boss over at whatever it is that you want to be, right? You, you might have to take a step or two backwards in order to go forwards. But if you are confident in yourself and you're confident in your skills and you know what you're capable of, then proving yourself in that situation in order to gain long-term happiness seems like a pretty good sacrifice to me. I love that. You know, it brings up something for me and I'll just give an example for listeners and stuff as well. You know, I, I grew up sailing. So I originally from the States, left the States when I was like 14. My parents took my little brother and I put us on a 40 foot catamaran and we sailed around the world and ended up in New Zealand. Awesome. When, I was, when I was a teenager coming up to 18, I wanted to do the Vendee Globe. If you're not familiar with the Vendee Globe, it's a nonstop race around the world. It starts in France, goes around the world and comes back and finishes in France without stopping. And it's solo, all on your own. Wow. That was my dream. I wanted to do that. And I also wanted to be a naval architect. So I started to go down the naval architecture thing. Did not enjoy, I'm good at math, but did not enjoy that side of stuff. At the time, my parents went back up to the islands. I wanted to be doing that. So I'd ended up not doing that. Went down some stuff. Didn't really know what I want to do. And then joined the police force. Had nothing to do with sailing. Completely got out of sailing for 10, for almost 10, for almost 10 years, actually. I didn't do any sailing. After getting skipper's tickets, all this kind of stuff. Went through burnout, depression, PTSD, all of that from the police. Now I'm back sailing on a 52-foot race boat here in the harbor in Auckland. We just had the America's Cup here. And I was like, next America's Cup, I want to do the, I want to be a grinder. I want to be doing something with it. The guy who runs the boat, who's a really good friend of mine from back in my sailing days, got me onto this boat. Um, I've already talked to him about doing that. But what I do for work has nothing to do with sailing. But my thing is. I'm going to go, I'm earning decent money, and I'm also going to put my skills into sailing because that's where, again, from childhood, is my passion. It lights me up every time. So literally this new company that I'm going to go work for here soon, hopefully, I've already said to them, hey, is it, you know, how are the hours? Normally in summer, I need Wednesday afternoons off, and I also need a, most Fridays because I'm yacht racing. Um, is that going to be a problem? He's like, no, just leave the office and just don't tell the people you're going sailing, but tell, you know, he's like, because it's a passion and it's going to light you up. And it's, and I'm like, cool. Awesome. So it's, it is, it's literally going back to your childhood and also putting those options out there. If you're going to a new employer and you have something like me, where you want to go sailing every Wednesday in summer and every Saturday on the, you know, in winter, just throw it out there to them and create, you know, especially when you're in those initial talks, because at the end of the day, if you're happier out, if you're happy outside of work, when you turn up to work, you're going to be a happier person. 
And I'll tell you, hiring managers want to know that you have passion. Yeah. They would prefer that you have passion for whatever job it is that they have you doing, but they just want to know that you're, you're not just a cardboard cutout. They want to know that you bring something else that you, when you go home, that you've got some other interests beyond just whatever's going on at work. And I think those are the kinds of things that set people apart. It sounds like, I, I don't know what, what type of work it is that you do, but it sounds like you're in one of those situations where you can recognize that the work that you do provides the freedom to do the sailing that you want yep, to go yep. do. And, and you know, so, I've been doing, so I left the police and I now do life coaching and been doing a lot of performance coaching to help people get into the police mindset and fitness. And now I'm going into actually financial and insurance advising. Okay, so completely different, right? Completely different to each other. But at the same time, I can bring my life coaching skills to helping people get financial and insurance and that. So in turn, they're financially free and don't have that stress as a financial free, creating less pain. Again, creates my why. And then also when you bring the sailing thing in, it's networking. I'm a great. Oh, know, that's I, what I was just going to say. I was like, man, if there's anybody in the world that needs insurance, finance advice, it's going to be people who own boats. Yep. <laughs> I yep. mean, first and of they all, they have, have money. the money, right? <laughs> Most people who own boats have a fair amount of cash on hand. Like, you got to be able to afford the boat, especially yep. if you're talking about America's Cup. I mean, we're talking about like million dollar yachts and stuff or oh, more, yeah. whatever. There's, there's, Anybody Super who's fire, interested in the American Cup and has and has yeah. has yachts that they're taking out to go watch it have multi million dollars. So right, exactly. So I mean, you could find yourself just being the boat guy, like you're the guy that sells insurance in the on yep. the water kind of thing. Yep. So the you guys could that own tie boats. your it's... job into your passion and not even know you're doing it, right? Exactly, exactly. And that's yeah. my thing. I'm like, you know, you never know where things are going to go. So you know, the reason I want to tell that story is that you can take the things from your childhood so easily and interfuse them into what you do. You know, if I, if I was, uh, if I was, um, you know, what, if I was a recruiter, I could be sitting there, you know, there's a lot of young people that go out on these rum races on Fridays that are on the thing that are wanting to do both. You could end up be, being a recruiter for people that are wanting to get onto super yachts and do so. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. There's any, there's almost any path you choose. There's a way to connect yeah. whatever your hopes and dreams are with whatever it is that you do for money. Yeah. yeah. And if yeah. you're lucky, I, I tell young people for sure, like if you're coming out of school, like if you're just graduating high school, graduating college, and you're not hundred percent sure what you want to do, start a business. Yeah. I mean, at, you know, for real, like there's no better time to start than when you're as young and free and uh, with no obligations and no debt and just, eat beans and rice for a couple of years, start your own business, don't go work for somebody. Now, if you're like me and you went to work for somebody, then you have to unwind that. And if you're lucky and you have enough time and you're capable, right? Some people are more capable than others, but if you can unwind it to the point where you do start your own business, then even better, right? I, I think my wife and I are constantly trying to find ways to figure out how do we turn our expertise into a side hustle and could that side hustle become a retirement hustle you know that kind of thing and so it, it, it's it, it's never ending the other thing is that um you know today's job market is super flexible people come and go tenure at a company depending on what you do might be anywhere from 18 months to three years is kind of the average, right? Most people are not sticking around for 10, 15 years at a single company anymore. And, you know, the, the age of pension funds and retirement, all that kind of stuff. Like, I mean, here in the States, you know, I saw my grandparents retire fairly comfortably. I see my parents retired fairly comfortably. My sister and I, my generation, we don't have that. There's those, those kind of retirement things are gone. So the idea that you're going to work for somebody for a really long time and then you're going to hang them up and go fishing, those days are over. And young people especially are uh, much more connected to the gig economy than you know Gen Xers like myself, right? They're riding, they're driving Ubers and they're whatever, dropping off food and they're picking up medical supplies and they're doing all these, whatever. There's there's so many gigs out there nowadays that people are literally freelancing and making okay money and doing it on their terms, right? And um, so the whole market, the whole thing has changed and expectations from candidates and expectations from employers have changed. And it's kind of hard to figure out how to navigate that stuff sometimes. So, um, you know, again, I, great advice would be ultimately in today's world, I think start your own business and 
create your own your own streams of revenue. It doesn't mean quit your job, but do something that you know will help you kind of elevate yourself. Give your again instead of coming home and watching TV for four hours, come home and watch TV for thirty minutes, and then spend a couple of hours working on something. Yeah, no, I, t- I totally agree with that. And on the back of that, especially with the industry I'm going into is the all of those, I think that whole generation that's coming up behind, you know, like yourself, and even some of my generation, and even before like younger than me, like my brother and younger um, is, is with everybody doing like the Uber thing and all that and not having a retirement plan part of their employment. It's making sure that you're sorting out your own retirement plan whether that be a side hustle or whether it be investing in some way so that you are taken care of. You know, as you probably know, the earlier you invest, the better off you are when you get older. It's a long-term game, not a short-term game, but it's also, you know, remembering that because that's going to serve your why and take those stresses off as well and create less burnout because you're not worried about shit. When I hit 65, am I actually going to be able to stop working? Or when I hit whatever age it is that you want to just go screw around and have fun, and not actually work work anymore are you able to be able to financially do that and if you're not then okay cool what do you need to do to to create that space um because that will help create less burnout as well because you're not stressed about it and stress creates burnout (laughs) right exactly right it's one of those things i don't know uh if you've ever heard of dave ramsey he's uh He's a radio talk show host. He has a couple of books that talks about financial literacy and all that kind of stuff. And one of the things he talks about is if you go on vacation and you put it all on your credit card and then you come home and it takes you six months to pay off your credit card, what kind of vacation was that? Like how stressful, like it took you six months to pay off a trip to the beach or something like that's not that's not a vacation a vacation is when you have no more debt and you've saved up enough money that you can go pay cash and you can go to the beach and enjoy it and when you come home you're right back where you started no no harm no foul that's a vacation yeah, right and exactly. you don't have doesn't mean you have to buy a private jet and fly to france or whatever right i mean you can <laughs> you can go on vacation in your own backyard and yeah. have a really great time and not have to spend a ton of money it's- i think we are so fixated, especially in Western culture, we're so fixated on things as a representative of our success, right? You got to have a nice car, you got to have a nice house, got to have a nice watch, got to wear nice clothes, got to have whatever, all things, right? I find myself, especially during this last 12 months during this pandemic that I haven't gotten a haircut in a year. I don't know, you can tell, (laughs) you know what I mean? I'm wearing a t-shirt that I don't know, I've been to Boston. I don't care about Boston, it's just a t-shirt. You know, I think I I haven't spent a dollar on dry cleaning in like a year, that's great. Like I, I think my priorities have changed, the whole world's priorities have changed. And you know, now is as good a time as any. The opportunities are are all over the place, right? They say that adversity creates opportunity. If ever there were opportunities in the world, now is the time. It's 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 so true. I think I think there's there's two spectrums going on at the moment, especially with the pandemic over the last 12 months. Is you either have the ones that are stressed out even more because they just they've been so focused on stress leading up to the pandemic that they've become more stressful. Or what you have is you have the people that were sort of stressed and wanted to get out of it and they've gone enough is enough. This has caused me to create less stress. Like I interviewed a, a, a doctor in Florida who owned her own practice in that and the pandemic hit, obviously they weren't practicing in the practice. And so what she did is she took most of what she did online, virtual, did virtual things. She does some face-to-face in that, you know, in the clinic and that, but she's like, I work for probably about two thirds of what I used to. I'm happier. I'm with my kids more and I'm actually getting more done. And I actually don't need that little bit of extra income because it really didn't do anything for me and I'm never going back. <laughs> right. That's, I think uh, there's been several polls that, that ask, you know, um, if, you know, what would you do going back after post COVID, if your company asked you to come back to the office, what would you do? And there have been several studies I've seen that show like something like 70, 75% of people would quit their job and look for a new job rather than go back to the office. So there's a there's a big gap there too. I think, um, you know, I've been fortunate, lucky enough. I got laid off at the beginning. I found a new job. I was able to uh, sustain myself during that gap, right? So um, so I'm, I'm 
definitely grateful and fortunate to be in the position that I'm in. A lot of people over the last year have seen this pandemic become a boon to their finances, right? I mean, if you owned real estate a year ago and you still own it today, it's probably increased in value, right? Uh, the stock market, except for the last couple of weeks, has been on a tear for, yeah. gosh, I mean, for like a couple of years now. And so like, it's been, it's been really great for some people. Um, the a other of side of that coin now. though, is that there are a lot of people at the bottom end of the economy who are really under financial pressure, right? Mm -hmm. Now I think of there's two different kinds of stress, right? There's the actual life pressure stress of like, I don't have enough money to pay my bills. That's, that's real stress. That's like actual give you a heart attack kind of stress. And then there's what I'll call first world problem stress, which is like, oh my God, I watched the news for eight hours straight. And now I'm all stressed out. That's a different kind of, like you can solve that by turn the TV off. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Don't pay attention. It's not going to bother you. Just again, stay focused. So from, a, from a recruiting side of stuff, it'll be one of the last questions that I kind of ask. Well, from a sure. recruiting side of stuff, what would be your number one piece of advice for those people that are in that stress where they're like, I'm struggling to pay my, they're at the bottom. Like they're not the people that did well from the pandemic, you know, or yeah. were able to make those choices to do it. I, I know myself, I took the little bit of money that I had when the stock market plummeted and I went, cool, I'll invest this little bit extra each time. And I've done extremely well from it because I had that mindset, those tools and sure. the skills, but I know not everybody was able to. And I, there's a lot of people that are, have no house, they have no job, they have what would from a recruiting point of view what would you say to those guys or the piece number one piece of advice you give to those guys to get themselves you know up to that level so they're not stressed and burning themselves out even more than they already are yeah that's a that's a great question and i'll tell you that again hiring managers are looking for people that can manage difficult situations, right? So I can tell you that recently we've hired, uh, for the company I work for, we've hired some warehouse workers that drive forklifts and stuff like that, right? They're running around a big warehouse, moving packages, whatever they're doing. And um, it doesn't pay great, right? It's, you know, I think 16, 17 bucks an hour in a place like California. It's not a lot of money. And on unemployment, they can make basically the same kind of money, right? So you can stay home and not work and make almost the same amount of money. So we've had high turnover and things like that. And what hiring managers are really, really focused on, I think, um, is knowing that I think we all know, everybody knows that the pandemic happens, right? It's happening, that we're in it, right? And so that's a given. And so there's a certain amount of flexibility there, but they want to know that you're going to be cool under pressure, right? right? I imagine for you, having gone through law enforcement training and stuff like that, that that's a major part of that training is that in heightened, intense situations, you have to control your breathing, you have to control your mind so that you're not racing, that you don't accidentally start shooting, <laughs> you know, that kind shooting of stuff. Or run over somebody or do something. Hey, <laughs> you can't let rage take over, right? Hiring managers want to know that you can manage your stress and that when a difficult situation at work happens, that you can handle it, right? That you're going to handle it professionally, that kind of thing. Whether you're an executive or whether you're on the forklift, it doesn't matter. So the thing is in an interview process, right? When you're going in for an interview um, and it's maybe a first meeting with the manager, the first thing you have to do is relax, right? It's really what, what happens when you are stressful and you go into an interview is it comes across most often as desperation. Yeah. And desperation is something that we as animals can sense yeah. and unconsciously we think of it as weakness and it's really easy to disqualify a candidate who seems weak. Yeah. And so you have to, you have to find a way to center yourself, get relaxed, and go into that interview confident, right? Recognize that whatever's happening at home is at home. And it's gonna be at home when you get there and it's gonna be at home when you leave tomorrow. And if you get the job, it's gonna be at home all day while you're at work. Yep. But you gotta leave it at the door and you gotta go into the interview and you gotta perform as if you were going to get a job. I mean, that's what you, you have to sell yourself. And desperation, that's the thing. I would say uh, there's an interesting TED talk. I, 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 
can't remember who who gave it, but she was talking about how when you're in a situation like where you have to give a presentation or you're going to go to an interview or whatever, look in the mirror, go to the bathroom, look in the mirror, make sure your clothes look real good and then get yourself in a Superman pose. Right. And there's proven just, research around that one. Yeah. Yeah. And you get yourself kind of amped up and you feel like a superhero that those kinds of exercises can help you get over that that immediate stress need and that will help you overcome that desperation. So that's a long answer, but hopefully that helps. No, I, t- I totally agree with that one. And you know, that, that whole Superman pose, there's a, I think it was Harvard or it was some university did a test on it and it actually increases your testosterone levels, increases confidence and increases all that also incantations. And this is what something that I do with a lot of my clients is get them to prime themselves and do priming stuff as well as poses and anchors and all that kind of stuff to make sure that when they go into interviews, when they go into, you know, being especially part of the police prep stuff, they go into their run, they go into their fitness. Every time they go to train, it's that same thing. You know, great one to watch is power lifters. You go watch those guys and they look like they're absolutely nuts before they walk up to the bar. As I walk up to the bar, it's that same thing, creating yeah. confidence. Yeah. Wow. And they're most of them. I've, I've know a couple of bodybuilders and uh, like one lady I know is a competitive bodybuilder and, She's the most soft, gentle, quiet, easygoing, super cool lady. But yeah, when she's when she's like in the gym or whatever, like you see her videos on whatever, she's an animal. It's like, <laughs> stay away. <laughs> she's gonna kick your ass, you know. So it's pretty funny. So it's that thing, hey. So Ben, if somebody wants to get in touch with you, maybe they want some recruiting assistance or they just want to have a chat with you um, because they feel like they're connected with you. How, how do they get in touch? Yeah, the, honestly, the easiest way is on LinkedIn. Um, just go into LinkedIn, type in my name, Ben Passman, like the man who threw the pass. And you'll see a picture of me standing on a dock in New York City. It's pretty, pretty easy picture to, to pick out. And um, yeah, feel free to send me a connection. If you want me, I'll, uh, I'll be happy to review your resume and give you my two cents. So long as you don't take it personally, recognize that all I'm doing is giving you my two cents about your resume and I'm not going to judge you as a person, then feel free to send it. And I'll be happy to, I'll be happy to do that for you. Perfect. Awesome. We'll put that link in the, in the description down below as well of, um, of this, of the video on YouTube, as well as the, um, the podcast episode. Last question I have for you, Ben, before we wrap it up, uh, what is your top tip to self-happiness? You have to know who you are and you have to know what you want so that people can help you find it. I love it. Nice, simple, to the point. That's perfect. Any last words, Ben, before we before we wrap up? No, thanks, Chris. It's been a real pleasure talking with you. I appreciate you having me on. Awesome. Cool. Well, this is another episode of Fight the Burnout. Uh, as we always say, you know, you need to train your body and your mind extremely fucking hard. Uh, so when you get tested, it's easy. You know, this pandemic, if anything, it, is, it has shown us that we all will get tested at some point, some more than others. Uh, but you need to always be training yourself physically and mentally uh, as hard as you can. Uh, sometimes that's just literally watching a, t- watching a movie. Sometimes that's going out and actually smashing the gym or it's, you know, learning stuff, reading. Uh, but this is why we here at Fight the Burnout, we run these podcasts, we interview other people uh, so we can get their insights and their tools. Uh, so if you are interested or need any assistance or want to ask any questions, just send us an email at Fight the Burnout podcast at gmail.com we'll be happy to help if you're looking for somebody's contact details because you can't find them same thing to send us an email Uh, but till next time we love you all and remember to uh, keep yourself healthy keep yourself uh, positive and um, yeah keep yourself moving forward till next time talk soon